Hey everybody, welcome to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. John Mark Comer, I am here with the lovely Bethany Allen. Hello. One of my favorite people on the planet, <laughs> as well as Gavin Bennett. Hey. Hi, Gavin. Um, those of you who listen to our podcast or follow along, you may know Bethany most likely. You may not know Gavin. If you're a part of our church, you all know Gavin. You are a little bit of a legend, my friend. Oh. Gavin is one of our pastors and kind of in-house resident expert on, I don't know, spiritual direction and formation. Mm-hmm. You are project manager, for lack of a better word, for Practicing the Way. You work with our team on that, as well as oversee communities along with Colin Majak. And we thought the three of us would just sit down have a kind of relaxed conversation more in depth around our most recent recommended rule of life for shelter in place. I love that title. It's just so intense. It's really intense. It sounds like a movie. Although Mm -hmm. somebody just told me that Governor Brown said not to call it shelter in place. Mm -hmm. It's stay at home order because shelter in Mm -hmm. place was apparently scary. Yeah. Oh. I like shelter in place. Shelter is a comforting word to me. Yeah. It's in the Psalms. Mm. I feel fine with it. Place. I don't, that didn't scare me. (laughs) Lockdown. That one scares me. That's that's a little bit more intense. Yeah. And it was like, I hear we're going into lockdown. And then I just imagine like, I don't know, like a robot outside giving me beans and rice once a week or something. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, we're here, we're in Portland, we're, at the, we're on stay-at-home order, all of that. And I think, you know, a few weeks ago when all of this hit, I think the first thing that a lot of us felt was just panic, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we moved through that to grief, and I think of the kind of five stages of grief, which are not really stages, they're not linear, it feels more like ping pong to me, yeah. Yeah. you know? or a bird's nest, just all, just, man, the mess. And I think, you know, we move through kind of denial, like, this is just the flu, you know, or whatever. (laughs) At Uh, least our parents did. Our parents did, at (laughs) least. To My mom literally did. um, To, you know, bargaining, like, well, if we really do this good, two weeks, and then everything is back Mm. to normal. And I think now we're coming out to acceptance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, early on, because I think we're realizing – this is a bit of a new, I hate the phrase new normal. It's not a new normal. It's, mm. you know, hopefully not more than a few months, but it is the next season of our life. Yeah. And I think one of our first pastoral impulses was in chaos to move toward order mm. via a rule of life. You know, if you study the history of rule of life, and more on that in a minute, it goes back to long before St. Benedict, who's kind of the most the popularizer of it. It goes back to Augustine in the 4th century in North Africa, St. Patrick in the same time in Celtic Britain. You could argue it goes back to the Didache. Have either of you read the Didache? It's back okay in college. To, back in college? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I feel like you're lying, <clears throat> seminarian. I am lying Bethany a little bit, Allen. but I have read parts of it. Is that fair? Mm. It takes 10 minutes to read, oh, so uh-huh. there it is. If you don't know what the Didache... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's not that big of a deal because she went to seminary and <laughs> never read the Didache. Nobody told me to read it. Yeah, it's all good. So the Didache is one of the oldest or the oldest kind of surviving document from the early church that we have outside of the New Testament. Most scholars date it to the 8090s around the same time as, you know, the Revelation and some of John's writings in the New Testament. And you could argue it's a kind of first century rule of life. And if you want to go read it, it takes about 10 or 15 minutes. I have a little paper back like pamphlet, but I think it's mm. all open source mm. or whatever the right... Yeah. I, open source? That's I think not that's what right. it is. What's the word for like is when something is free and you don't have to pay for it? Oh. Public domain. Public domain. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So I think you can just Google Didache online. Anyway, 
It's an ancient idea that goes back, I really think, to the New Testament or, be, or before that. But St. Benedict was the one to popularize it. And if you know anything of the history of St. Benedict, he's writing and working in the 6th century in the north of what we now call Italy as the Roman Empire is falling into chaos and kind of devolving and disintegrating into basically a failed state. And, you know, it was really weird for me. I remember for when I first went to Europe and you see these ancient cathedrals that look like castles and they have a turret on the top or whatever. And you think, how far from the way of Jesus and the New Testament idea of hospitality do you have to get yeah. to put a turret and a moat in front of your church, yeah. you yeah. know? Wow. But you have to realize monasteries and these kind of ancient spiritual bastions came about at a time when basically law and order was a thing of the past. So imagine if you were trying to cultivate a community of followers of Jesus in Mogadishu right now or deep in the Congo or in Syria in some kind of a failed state. I mean, you would at least have like bars on your windows and a security mm -hmm. guard out front, and somehow you would jive that with the way of Jesus. So the monastic movement, you know, at least the rule of life movement started in a moment of chaos. And I think the move mm. of the spirit is always opposite to the culture. So mm. if the culture right now is moving, Philip Reef once said that human's job is to take kind of disorder and make order. But right now what much of postmodern culture is doing at the secular level yeah. is taking order and making disorder. Mm -hmm. And you see that at social levels, sexuality is a great example of yeah. that. But you see it all the way down to like an Uber app or whatever, you know, like how do we kind of disintegrate and break everything down. So I think the move of the spirit right now is toward order, what the ancients called a rule of life. Um, and if you're a part of our church, or if you listen to our podcast, you know that we just finished a kind of three-month-long teaching series and practice in the fall on developing a rule of life. All of that's available for you on our website and our podcast. We're also um, in a year or two long process of developing a rule of life for our church. In fact, mm -hmm. the week before all of this hit, remember? Yeah. yeah. Feels like months ago. It was three <laughs> weeks ago. I can't believe that. But we were all, our pastoral team was all down at Mount Angel Abbey, which is a beautiful monastery, mm -hmm. less than an hour drive from here. I go to, or I went to all the time. I used mm -hmm. to go like once or twice a month or two, but now it's like, see you in July, yeah, maybe? Okay. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But um, we were down there working on this. I actually had a great, this afternoon, I had a Zoom call with Jared Boyd. Do you guys know who that is? I don't. No. I don't. He's a pastor in Ohio of a vineyard church who basically planted a monastery slash like he's developing a rule of life and developing a church order. And I mean, it was like, wow. it was, and they're ahead of us. It was really, they do this really cool thing where if you're a member of their church, they pay for you to receive spiritual direction. Wow. Yes. Like how, so it's Let's like 20% of their budget wow. is for people to receive spiritual direction. How cool. That's really cool. That's yeah. crazy. That's We're like, looking forward to it. Thank I feel you. like it's a whole can, can side I... podcast. <laughs> yes. But yeah. more, we say wow. yes, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. All that to say, um, you know, rule of life is weaving itself into our church ethos. And there's, I think there's just no better time to move toward order than in chaos. I mean, so how are you guys feeling before we jump in? Are, are you guys feeling that chaos in your mind, in your body? Obviously, you're pastoring people and really in touch with people in our church right now. Yeah, I mean, for sure, feeling the chaos. I think really it's, um, man, I'm not even sure chaos is the word for it. I feel like a little bit disoriented on top of chaos. Yeah. It's like this mm -hmm. combination of the two realities where I'm like trying to lean into what what is this new 
season, if yep. you will. And um, sorry, and can we yet, just put new normal like off normal. the table? No, I yeah. hate it. Something yeah, about right. that. I hate it when Sucks. people say that. Yeah, this it's, can't be it's normal. Confining. It's yeah. confining. Yeah. <laughs> it's confining. It's a season. I don't We're want this for the season. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think I feel disoriented. Definitely feel it in my body. Feel mm. it in my mind at night, especially. I don't know what it is about the evening, but it just catches up to me. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then just yeah, just all over in pastoring with people and walking through their own trauma, the response to that, my own trauma, my response to that. So chaos isn't, I think, an understatement for a little bit of what we're feeling as we're trying to orient in this moment. And there's the blend, like, you know, it's hard to know, like, the work-life balance, like what's work when you're working from home and when everything is digital, when are you working and when are you cooking dinner and when are you answering email for work and when are you getting sucked into Instagram? And it's like all of the sudden, all of my structure is just like a figment of my imagination. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's so easy to live reactive rather than responsive. That's right. You know, and to let Silicon Valley or let the news right now, which on one hand I'm grateful for and on the other hand I'm really frustrated with because it's Mm -hmm. just blatant clickbaity Let's take scary ideas and get you to read our stuff, you know. And so it's really easy right now. It's a whole, like, mechanism and apparatus and industry out there attempting to manipulate Mm. our disorientation, you know. So we have to stand against that because, again, the cultural, I think, current is toward anxiety and lack of structure and no discipline Mm. and all off our rhythms and... Are you feeling that, Gav? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'm I'm seeing kind of in my life and the life of those that I kind of help shepherd and watch and take care of is like, I'm trying to hold everything as normal. I'm just trying to hold everything that I have together. And then I'm also like with one hand, like reaching out and trying to help everybody hold everything else together. And yes. and it feels like things are falling apart at the seams. And it's tough when, you know, you're in a small apartment and your desk is in your bedroom. And yes. so you're waking up, you're maybe going out to grab some food, use the restroom, come back into your bedroom, work for eight hours, and then, you know, go yes. to sleep. And it's just like everything is suddenly so I just talked to a guy today who's like, it feels like we're in a space of that is monastic. And I'm and I was like, yeah, I think it's monastic, but I think even on on another end there's like uh, it's not a peaceful monastic because yeah. there's this idea Monks of like... Monks are not like doing Zoom calls. It feels Correct. like a prison cell monastic. Yeah, it feels more... Like, yes. is there that vibe going on? <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yes. Confinement and, meets... And everything around us, like the news is like information is power and the way that they reign in that power is with fear, which is yeah. how they keep control. And now it's politicized. That's right. And so there are people that literally want us more scared and want it to last. Like, it's just such a mess. It's like most people are either alone, you know, both of you yeah. live alone, And so you're dealing with that ache and isolation in your head and not people to process with and, you know, the the Zoom call limit or whatever. Or people are like cooped up in their apartment or home Mm -hmm. with a partner or a a marriage. And this just intensifies what is. So if you were lonely before, you're more lonely. If your marriage was dysfunctional, it's more dysfunctional. If your family time is sweet, it's sweeter. You know, it's like it just Mm. intensifies what is. Mm. So I think we have to find a way not to just survive the next few months because I really think man, I hate this time. If I could flip a switch and make it all disappear tomorrow morning, Mm. um, that I would in a heartbeat. But I think there's so much potential for formation and Mm -hmm. growth and healing and maturity. This this is a make or break moment for the church. We will, none of us will come out of this the same. Mm -hmm. We will either come out, you know, more devolved or, or more evolved and more Mm. like we've with growth or with backtracking. And so how do, how does it, you know, how is it growth? So to that end, I think a rule of life is just a way to 
participate in the Spirit's impulse in your heart and life to move forward into transformation. Um, Just a short little kind of synopsis. Again, we did a teaching series on this that was hours of content, practices. We have a whole workbook on developing your own rule of life. That's all at practicingtheway.org slash rule, Gav? I think it's rule. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to find. It's on both of our websites. Here's the two-minute synopsis. Rule of life is ancient language. It's not modern, and so it sounds really odd to our kind of Western ear. Notice that it's rule of life, singular, not rules of life, plural. It's from the Latin word regula, which is where we get English words like regular. It's also where we get the English word ruler, as in, you know, like a straight line that you measure something by, and the English word rule. A number of scholars, there's debate here, but argue that in kind of the ancient Mediterranean, that regula was the Latin word that was used for the trellis in a vineyard. So if you think of a winery and you think of the beautiful kind of vines, underneath those vines is some kind of a trellis, some kind of a support structure to get the vine up off the ground, to index it in a certain direction for growth, and to kind of make it spacious enough for it to really grow and thrive and bear the maximum amount of fruit. And of course, playing off Jesus' well-known teaching in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches, very early on, followers of Jesus said, okay, if we're the vine and Jesus is the branch and we abide in him through prayer, and through our kind of living connection to the Trinitarian community by the Spirit, through Jesus to the Father, if that is how we bear fruit, which is later defined as love and joy and peace and patience, well then, it stands to reason that if you are a vine, you need a trellis. Because without a trellis, a vine is vulnerable to disease, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. wild animals, to manipulation. It doesn't grow. It it produces a fraction Mm -hmm. of the fruit that it has the potential to produce. And a lot of people don't have a rule of life who are followers of Jesus. And as a result, I think it doesn't make them bad at all or God mad at them at all. It just means they bear a fraction of the fruit Mm -hmm. that they have the potential to really bear and grow and mature into people of love and joy and peace. So a rule of life is just a schedule and a set of practices and relational rhythms that make space for abiding, just for coming to rest in God through prayer and letting God come to rest in you. And it's a way really to allow us to live in alignment with our deepest desires. It's like there's mm. this desire in our heart, in our bosom, as the older writers would say. It's like yeah. this fire in our heart. And a rule of life is like the hearth or the fire pit. It's how we, one, keep it from going out, mm. and two, how we kind of keep it from getting out of control on the other. It's how we notice and nurture the work of the Holy Spirit in our mind and our body Mm. in order to discover and discern how to cooperate with God's work, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's all a rule of life is. In fact, if that... If that language is is ominous to you, rule of life, if you're an anti-rule person, I actually just found out today that prior to St. Benedict, who's the one who really popularized the idea and the language, that rule of life, if you look at Augustine and St. Patrick and others, rule of life and way of life were used interchangeably. Mm. So we are very familiar with the way of Jesus and practicing the mm. way of Jesus. So another way to talk about the practicing the way of Jesus is a rule of life. It's mm. the schedule and set of practices that you kind of do. So all that to say, that was all intro. 
It was a great intro. That's really all that helpful. was. It was really helpful. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I wasn't looking for praise, but I'll take it. <laughs> you can have you it. You can though. have Thank it you. for sure. <laughs> I think the imagery that you're talking about here is so helpful, especially of the trellis. It's mm-hmm. a game changer. Yes. Of yeah. Just imagery for flourishing and for, you know, producing as much as we can. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of people argue we need to find different, better, newer language. You know, I don't know. I'm not bothered by it, but I'm not on this podcast. I like not on this podcast. Don't have time. Uh So to that end, we created a rule of life or a way of life or Mm. a trellis or whatever the heck you want to call it Mm -hmm. for uh, just a recommended one for our church in the kind of stay at home, the pandemic, the kind of season of life that we're in. It's available at our church, at our website, bridgetown.church slash online. And basically, we recommend seven daily practices and three kind of weekly practices. In a traditional, if you're developing your own rule of life, if you pick up a workbook or whatever, it's helpful to think about practices and relational rhythms through like a daily category, a weekly mm-hmm. category, and then we actually add, you know, and a lot of people do, a monthly category and then like a seasonal kind mm-hmm. of category, even a sporadic category. So just in the name of simplicity, we just have seven daily practices and three weekly practices. Number one. Does Drum that come roll. through the Drum podcast roll. mic? There it that? is. My son is learning the drums right now, so there's a lot of paradiddle, 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 oh, paradiddle. Oh, no, thank you. That's my house right now. It's paradiddle, wow. if you don't know what that is. I don't know. It's, it's how you start learning the drums. Mm. And is that a word? A real word? Yeah. It's like a, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. Paradiddle. Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Jeez. I, don't, I think it, uh, does it mean anything? I don't know. Do you play the drums? Yeah, not well. You probably well. could, yeah but I do. I believe that. I'm teaching my son. He will far surpass me. (laughs) All I know is when all of your kids are cooped up in the house and you're working from home Uh and your son is learning to play the drums, pray for me. (laughs) Um, Number one, start the day in quiet prayer and scripture reading before anything digital. Yeah. Yes. A big yes. So wake up, whatever your prayer thing is, coffee, I do coffee. I think Lots Jesus would be very cool with that. I don't or do coffee. Or tea. You don't do coffee, really? I don't, I don't drink coffee. Well done. No caffeine. I'm down to one cup right now because of all the anxiety, so I'm like <laughs> yeah. limiting my intake, yeah. and I likely should not even be drinking one. <laughs> There's so much adrenaline in my body right now. But mm. So the idea is you wake up, you start the day, ideally in the quiet, in prayer, in scripture reading, whatever your morning kind of time with God is before you touch your phone mm-hmm. or look at the news online or watch TV or whatever. Andy Crouch calls this uh, parenting your phone. I mm. love that. It's which great. is a great, and yeah. you parents of at least younger kids, not older kids, but younger kids, you know, like your children, if you're a mature parent, go to bed before you go to bed yeah, mm-hmm. and get up after you get up. Mm. Uh-huh. So my kids all go to bed at like nine. I go to bed at 10. And that gives me an hour to... Be, be alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry if you're listening, kids. I love you to be a person. Uh, and then, you know, they don't get up until 7.30 right now. They're all sleeping in a little bit because of hashtag homeschooling. Mm. And so, like, I get up before that. And so that, that there's, there's a time there at the end and the beginning of the day, yeah. you know, where you're quiet and you're alone. And his idea is that you do the same with your phone. You put yeah. your phone away an hour, two, three before you go to bed, and then same again in the morning. Everybody's different based on schedule. Even if it's 10 minutes, like the idea is you don't start with your phone, news, Twitter, Instagram, freaky story, text right. message from somebody mad at you, mm-hmm. email Ugh, from your boss, this is late. Like 
It's not the best way to start your day as a disciple right. of Jesus, you know? Yeah. yeah, it was a huge struggle at the beginning for me. Massive. I've, I just... You the know, beginning I, of... Beginning of pandemic? Pandemic? COVID-19? I, I keep trying what to not say that because I don't want to scare people. I don't want to like add more anxiety. Stay at home. This season. Stay at home. Stay home. That's so nice. Blessing that we got. The stay at home. That's neat. Um, I think, man, I just, it, you know, instantly broke my digital rule of life because everything was yeah. happening so fast. And I think, man, yeah. never in my life have I been more aware of the necessity of a, you know, of a rule like this yeah. because instantly, I mean, days just filled with anxiety. Yes. My breathing changed. Mm. Everything about how I was interacting with the world was so heightened. And I know yes. that, you know, this first, especially this first week, everything was changing so fast. Yeah. You felt like you had to be glued to your phone because totally. like every yeah. 10 minutes something would change. Yeah. yeah. And we're asking so many questions about it. Yep. What does this mean? But quickly was like, I've got to get a hold on this because this is really, really influencing who I am. Yes. <laughs> and now more than ever, I need I to be I noticed that. So the first, so I have a digital rule of life. It went out the window like two seconds after mm. I got yeah. the text, you know, mm-hmm. Governor Brown just shut down public <laughs> gatherings. It was on a Thursday. I, I got the text. My phone was actually off because on mm-hmm. Thursdays, I don't look at my my phone till noon. I work on my sermon in the morning. So I, I, I was halfway through my sermon that I don't know if I will ever preach right now. It's just a word document <laughs> wow. on my laptop. And from there, from that Thursday at noon till Sunday was just nuts. Mm. But yeah, so it went right out the window. And then by the second week, I noticed... Um, I was so easily agitated with my wife and my kids, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think I have this gear that I, I'm pretty type A, I have this like gear I can kick into where Mm -hmm. I just like, I move at this pace and I can just get stuff done, but I am not a loving, gentle person Mm. at all. And my family does not have that gear, you know, (laughs) at least not, or they're just mature enough to not (laughs) utilize it. (laughs) And so, you know, the phone, like it conditions you to have everything you want fast Mm -hmm. and it conditions you to feel more in control of the world than you actually are. Mm -hmm. And so it's a powerful formation device um, or deformation device to make you not only anxious, but also more easily agitated when you don't get your own way, more hurried, less Mm -hmm. present to the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gab over here is just like digital. And he was perfect. No, 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 no. (laughs) I was just thinking actually how like it's almost like for me, like when I check my phone before I spend time with Jesus, it's like I don't this was never a part of my experience. Maybe it was part of some of your experiences. But, you know, when you go like uh, camping with your dad and wake up at the crack of dawn to go fishing out on the lake. And, you know, we see these movies and stuff. And when you when you go to the lake, it's like entirely flat and yes. you can see the full reflection. Morning lake. That's right. Yes. That's, and it's so beautiful. And then the fishermen go out or the fisherwomen and whoever they are yes. out in their boats and all of a sudden the ripples go and the vision. And the birds and, 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 and the, the fish. And everything is going. And your vision into the lake is suddenly not as clear. And also the reflection on it of the sky is not clear either. And so I've noticed in me that like when I check my phone before I sit with Jesus. It's as if that lake that was very clear and clean is not that anymore. And I'm wanting God to speak fast and God just doesn't do that. And so then I'll like, okay, fine. Well, I guess we're done. And then I'll move on and I'm in that frenetic pace for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, part of prayer is it's not just like a discipline. It's waiting on God and God comes on his own timetable. That's right. You know, and, um, and God, does what God wants to do. It's one of the mm. first things you realize when you take prayer and spiritual formation seriously is that this is not like, 
a self-improvement project for Jesus. Yeah. You're not in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the sheep. He is the shepherd. Yeah. And that means you wait on him and you mm-hmm. wait on his timing and mm-hmm. you welcome his work in your soul and you wait for it. Yeah. And in my experience like that, just doesn't happen really fast. That's Maybe right. I'm just yeah. a slow learner. No, no. You know? But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, those morning, I love that picture of the lake. Those, I just think that for me, Sabbath and morning prayer are like the anchor points mm. for me yeah. at an yeah. emotional level and spiritual level, just the anchor points. You know, mm. I read this interesting thing on neurogenesis. I wasn't familiar with that, which mm. is apparently like, this is my non-doctor. I don't know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm loving this. We're here Great with teachers. Dr. Comer. We're here with no, no. Uh, explanation. I know just enough to be dangerous, but apparently like as you sleep, you're, it's like the most important part of the day for your brain mm. and your, if you're hearing that, Bethany's earring just fell off. It's okay. We're There's rocking so much it. oppression pandemic. in ministry. It's, oh my gosh. You had to take oh, no. it there. Uh, but apparently as you sleep, like your brain is regenerating. I don't yeah. understand how that works to give you a better scientific neuron kind of explanation (laughs) and this thing basically said that the two most important times for your brain are what you do with it before you go to sleep and what you do with it when you first wake up Mm. that that affects the neurogenesis in between Mm. it affects your overall mental health and intelligence and creativity and all of that and i just thought man it's crazy in a world where most people end the day by watching netflix often like violence or fear or pornography basically mm-hmm. or full-on pornography mm-hmm. and then often start the day with like instagram twitter yeah. email yeah. scary news story stimuli fear pandering you know it's like man what what is that doing to your brain it's great yeah. and it's heightening that cortisol or the adrenaline rush yes. too which hijacks every other healthy you know process in your brain so yes. you're not only are you having that experience and inhibit you're actually inhibiting yes the health and you can't and be responsive and you are reactive you yeah. know that's right so that's number one number two create a gratitude ritual hmm. mm-hmm. what do you guys do gav yeah, I actually, so part of my gratitude ritual is every morning I end my time with Jesus reading poetry. Right now I'm reading through mm. uh, Mary Oliver. Oh, come um, on. Which is great. Her, her devotion. Devotions. Devotions, yeah. It's, I'm reading that too. It's incredible. And so I'll read one poem from her and kind of sit with it. And then there's this other poem that I've been reading every morning. Um, and I can't remember. It, it's entirely unhelpful. It's called Vow. That's all I know. And it's basically his commitment. He's a, he's an author and a poet, but he also is a farmer and it's, it's not Wendell Berry as much as it sounds like it is. Uh, and <laughs> it's his commitment to like yield to yielding. Mm-hmm. And like part of my gratitude ritual is to in that read and just be grateful that like people create and remember that like, even in the, the normal parts of my day, like emails and things that don't feel creative, I get to create, like that's part of my MAGA day mm-hmm. is to be generative wow. in what I do. And that's where I like to start my uh, gratitude because that's that's a functional level of who I am. And then I like to go from that place and just like pay attention to each thing that I see and thank the Lord for it as I'm on my way to mm. get breakfast or whatever it is. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, same. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just read poetry and have really deep <laughs> thoughts about generativity. I do And you, you started me on that. Yeah. And then Gavin Spain mm-hmm. the Flame, so my two poetry. I think I gave you Wendell Berry's Sabbath or his given Sabbath. I can't remember. I I was a late adopter to poetry. (laughs) I borrowed that. Uh Oh, Oh, you borrowed my... I was looking (laughs) for that. I wanted to read that on Sabbath. You told Uh me to borrow it. I can bring it (laughs) back. Yeah, and... and I, it was implied and return it, was a it year when ago. you're done. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I've been reading it, so thank you. But I actually, actually I'm reading it, it's a different one. But I'm doing that. But honestly, for me, I had to start a new kind of rhythm of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to get caught up in the morning doing like 
thank you for just stuff from the day before. And I just can't, that doesn't, that just doesn't bode well for me. So I do Mm. a slow down, you know, kind of do centering prayer kind of work. But then in the morning I try to do my farmer gratitude. I just try Mm. to do farmer gratitude kind of things where Mm. I thank God for, you know, the beauty outside my window and Mm -hmm. different things like that. So I try to take it slow in the morning. And then at night I have a ritual before um, I go to bed to be grateful to do an inventory of the day, sort of an examine-ish kind kind of thing thing and be and practice gratitude for what has taken place. And for me, that's just been Hmm. a gift, you know, when I, when I do it. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever we're in. When you're on the rule of life for the whatever. Yeah. It's different, but that it's forced me Hmm. to, I love that gratitude forces you to slow down and be present to what is is that discipline of that so Mm -hmm. and that's the funny thing you know i was this is a new idea for me but granted of gratitude as like an antidote to anxiety yeah Yeah, you know love that and in a time like that if you think about anxiety as a kind of grasping for control of what we Mm. do not have in the future Mm. whereas gratitude is a form of kind of giving thanks for what we do have in the Mm. present And so in a time where there's just so much anxiety and I just feel that in my body, you know, like I think the move is toward Mm. gratitude. So Mm -hmm. I'm just really simple. I like come up with a couple things in the morning. I write them down. I have a little pad I write my morning prayer stuff on and I write down a few gratitudes to start. And then at the dinner table, we go around the table as a family and just, what are you guys grateful for? And, you know, our Mm. son every single day, it's the same thing. The dog. The dog. The dog. And you're Just like, to remind me too. you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of love her. That's another podcast. Oh, I love that. Number three, um, exercise or go for a walk in parentheses, six feet apart, exclamation point, close parentheses, if yes. you're on the website. Oof. I think the idea there is, you know, to get into your body That's right. yeah. and a little bit out of your mind. Often I think we attempt, this is very much my personality, but we attempt to deal with anxiety in the mental space mm-hmm. alone. And we forget that fear is first a signal from our body. Mm. Yeah. And, and even that bifurcation of mind and body is not a scientific one. Sure. It doesn't like actually really mirror reality. And because your thoughts, you know, emotions are basically indistinguishable from thoughts at a That's scientific right. level. And thoughts are basically indistinguishable from your body. Like they're mm-hmm. literally in your, in your neurosystem. Mm-hmm. So you are a body, you know, and you don't have a body in biblical theology. And so I think one of the best ways to deal with anxiety and pressure and overload and distraction to kind of detoxify from the digital space or Zoom meetings all afternoon is just to like mm-hmm. go on a walk or mm-hmm. get your heart rate up, do a you know, spin class at home or whatever, going to run. I've been running a lot. I see mm. more people running yeah. than I've ever yeah. before in the city. It's really cool. It's like yeah. their one guilt-free, Governor Brown-approved excuse <laughs> to get out of the apartment. They're right. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I I think, you know, even I just was thinking scientifically about it for my own self. When this first started, I just was like, you've got to get out. One, to connect with nature, to not look at a screen and mm-hmm. to just remember that yes. you are in a universe Yes, and there's something governing it that was really helpful. But then two, that idea of bilateral stimulation and how that helps you begin right. to process. For me, so often when I'm stuck um, in my thought process, my creativity, even my ability to process emotions that I'm yeah. feeling that are actually lodged somewhere in my body, you know, I can mm. feel that I'm carrying it. That the unique gift of the bilateral stimulation of right, left, right, left, yeah. right, left, it, it does something to help open up wow. that space of processing. And so for me, you know, aside from it being healthy and I'm in nature and all that, it has been one of my greatest places of actual clarity and processing as I'm moving my body and beginning mm. just to involve myself with what's really going on inside. You know? Wow, that's so good. That's great. One of the things I notice when I go outside is that life is way better than I 
think and feel it is. Yes. Yeah. You know, because like if you live in the digital space, everything is horrible. Yeah. Mm. And there is very legitimate pain, suffering, tragedy, scary stuff. I get that. But then I walk outside and I'm like, oh, it's a, it's spring. Yeah. It's mm. beautiful. I'm not yes. hungry right now. I'm not thirsty. I'm okay. Mm. Yeah. I'm here, you know, and I'm with Jesus. And even if I get sick or God forbid the word, I'm okay, you yeah. know. And all of a sudden I realized not only am I okay, I'm good. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, oh, I forgot that when I'm in the digital space, I forgot that you can still be at peace and happy in <laughs> in <Yeah. laughs> April of 2020. And that's not at all to downplay at all right. the legitimate suffering, pain at all. Please do not mishear me that. But I think it's really good for me to be outside and just realize, oh, wow, like, it's a beautiful world. Yeah. yeah. I think you think it's going to be like the Godzilla film when you step outside. Like, that's how the first week <laughs> yes. I was like, surely yeah. buildings are collapsing to the yeah. ground and yes. there's fires <laughs> on my street and people are, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you're actually looking for carnage, which yeah. I know is like really maybe and zombies maybe are just, just days me. away. That's right. We're right. Like this dystopian, like weird yes. Hunger Games. Like, here we all are. <laughs> you know, people are running from other people or something. <laughs> But I think you're right. It does connect you in a different way with like, it's okay. And again, it's all that, I think, Wendell Berry stuff of yeah. just like slowing down to Being see. present to what is. Yes. And, and where God is and where he's at work. And, and where's the good and the beautiful and the yeah, true. Beautiful. Yeah. Number four is one focal practice. And then there's a list here of examples, stuff like walking or gardening or woodworking or cooking or making love to your spouse or reading or poetry or art or chess. Focal practice, um, we stole that language from Albert Borgman, his book, Living Into Focus, Mm -hmm. which Borgman, he's dead now, was a philosopher of media. And Mm -hmm. so similar to Marshall McLuhan, if you've read his work, uh, I think Borgman was in Montana. He wrote this great little book, Living Into Focus. And it's basically, it's a critique, it's a pre-digital age book. So he would freak out now. I think it was written in the 90s. Hmm. So it's a critique of television and entertainment. And there's this whole like sociological kind of research around how the home used to be built around a table and a hearth. Mm -hmm. And now it's built around a TV, which is not even true anymore. Now it's like just every child has their own Mm -hmm. device. And his whole thing is what we need in the modern era. And again, he's writing before the smartphone is what he calls focal practices. Just practices, they can be things that we love. They don't have to be like spiritual disciplines. They can be like knitting or Mm. walking your dog that just draw you to the moment Mm. and really draw you to the goodness of the moment, like to where you're in the Polish guy whose name I can never remember how to pronounce, the journalist Flo. You know, you're just in that where You're there Mm. and you're almost like timeless. You're just there. So for me, this is so embarrassing because I was an anti-dog guy for a long time, but right now it's walking my dog in Forest Park. Mm. Like just watching her leap for, I mean, it's just un bounded joy when she's out there i mean it's just like dogs can smile i don't care what you say Mm -hmm. and she is it's just watching embodied joy and all Mm. of a sudden i forget like all of the dire what could happen over the next year and Mm. how's our church going to hold together and all and i just get lost in the moment of watching Mm. my dog Mm. jump around forest park you know look at you being sanctified look at me it took me about a year and a half of of just some really deep hard (laughs) lots of therapy sessions about the dog yeah that's great that's great i love that what about you guys um, I, so I, my vocal practice kind of actually started before all of this and I've been trying to figure out, uh, how to, how to have a hobby, how to do, which my yeah. therapist doesn't like that language, but how to have, how to do things that feel fun and life-giving to me that aren't work. Cause I love life. Uh, work is life-giving for me, but to do something separate from that. And so a friend and I have been, um, learning how to sew together. Really? So we've been making things like tote bags and quilts and, 
uh, we've actually spent the last week and a half um, sewing masks for the uh, for no the women's way. hospitals, and yeah, it's been really fun. So I've really enjoyed that. I'm also reading is always going to be yes. a focal practice Same. for me. But fiction, I'm that for me. I need to get out of in this season, especially get out of my head and yeah. get into my body. And so that's why uh, sewing is something tangible and practical for me. Mm. Bethany, you're a walker. I know that. Yeah, I like to walk. You're frequently spotted around town on a walk with <laughs> yeah. your sister or something. Yeah, yeah I'm a walker. Um, poetry has been huge in this season. Also, just puzzle, doing a puzzle has been really? some mm-hmm. focal work for me. And yeah, I bought a couple and was like, let's go. And my mom always did puzzles. She was like the kind of woman who glued them all together. Yeah. Wow. And the then like put it on the wall. I love that. <laughs> anyway, Thomas so, Kincaid. I'm just <laughs> feeling the vibe. I'm not gluing mine together, wow. but... Just trying to do that instead of having my phone in my hands yeah. um, or having my TV on. Instead, just having music and lighting a candle and doing a puzzle oh, at night. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's anything profound, but it's been helpful. And it, this can also, like, I think, double as kind of just an act of celebration. Yeah, you know, yeah spiritual totally. discipline of celebration. Just how do you, in a time that is sad and grief and fear and legitimate suffering, mm. how do we? You know, it's the Bono line: joy is an act of defiance mm. against yeah. evil. Mm. How do we defy evil? Yes. One puzzle at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One poem at a time. Someone one stitch that walk somewhere. Walk your dog at a time. Right. You know? Put that somewhere. Number five is a relational touch point with a close friend, family member, or you know your community buddy. For those of you listening, we put our whole church on the buddy system. Yeah. For better or for worse. I don't know what the it's reviews, great. mixed for reviews so on far. that. I, I love it. It's been Me great. Me too. It's great. And it, it's a flashback, by the way, in my mind, to the Heavyweights movie in the oh, 90s, which was oh, so good. Wonderful. My if you haven't seen it, Gordon's oldest son is plus. begging us to do that for Family Movie Night this week, actually. <laughs> you have to do it. It's, it's so, so good. good. as a prophetic Stiller. word. You've got Confirmation. <laughs> I can't remember. I think I saw it forever. I don't remember it at oh, all. Man. It's the buddy system. They do it. And that's what I envision uh, every time. I don't know that it ages well. well but... <laughs> it probably good. doesn't age well. So just that's But I think the point was, you know, if the enemy wants to exploit us by moving us toward isolation. That's right. Yeah. The opportunity here is to move toward deeper relational ties, yes. which yep. is a bit of a pain to do, but bring back the phone call. Like, That's right. you know, I'm, Let's go. That I'm is not my a FaceTime mantra. guy. I'm like, but I, I dig the phone call, especially mm. like walking and talking on mm. the phone. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. It's good. I love that. I love it too. I'm a phone call person. Mm. So I'm learning yeah. to be, especially in these seasons. Gavin's really grown. Man, I it's tough. I can say that. That's, yeah. that's a growth edge for him too. Yeah. But yeah, it's been good. And the, the t- relational touch point, I think for, you know, p- for those of us who aren't at home with other humans, so important mm. in yes. this space. And to be really, to actually have a rule of life forces you to be intentional. As much as the buddy system can feel a little bit taxing at the end of the day or whatever, it's mm. so healthy. I've realized even the last week we did it in our community and it was just so healthy for me yes. every day to be in touch with someone who's asking really deep and intentional questions mm. and then you know I have friends and stuff I can touch base with but this yeah. has been it really has forced me I think we were joking about zoom fatigue but just it's forced me to operate in a different energy with people but that's yes. also cultivated that's cultivating something in me mm. by way of relational depth and having to access it in different ways than I normally do and that's been mm. good oh gosh it's so good hard yeah <laughs> But good. We're not alone. Yeah. yeah. And whether you're living alone like Bethany is or, you know, my wife said to me, I think it was the last night or the night before, she's like, it's so weird. She's like, I feel exhausted from people. She's extroverted, but because she's with our family all day long yeah. and our kids in particular. And I'm working long hours right now and she's doing the heavy lifting on homeschooling. But then she said, I also feel lonely. Mm. Yeah. So it's a weird mm-hmm. mixture of I don't want to yep. be around people yeah. and I feel lonely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a weird emotional space, yes. you know. 
And what you don't need there is a party. What you need is just some deep relational ties. That's right. Absolutely. To carry you through. Mm -hmm. Number six, moving on a little faster, Mm -hmm. limit intake of news to one or two times a day. Boom. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I could just become a professional news reader right now. (laughs) I could just sit in front of my laptop and Mm -hmm. just read scary news stories all day long. Yeah. And so I think the heart there is, you know, to limit your intake and not to stick your head in the ground. Like, I think it's important right now that we're aware of what's going on in our city and around the world, but that we limit that. That is a formative, Mm -hmm. fear-based, you know, journal. I'm all for journalism. I wanted to be a journalist. There's still days when I want to be a journalist. (laughs) But um, it is capitalism. And there are great, wonderful, noble, brilliant minds at work in it. But at the end of the day, the goal is to make money. Or at least it has to make money. And the mm-hmm. things that make money are fear and anger and polarization. So that's just a part of the way the system works. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we throw out the baby with the bathwater. I'm very grateful. I read mainstream news every day, all of that. But I think we have to limit our intake because it has such a formational impact, making yeah. us angry and anxious and getting us into ideological enclaves and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah, it can be confusing too. Can I just add that for... The rest of us. I mean, being in that space, it gets mm. me in my, my. It's like my spirit, and my mind are in conflict when I'm mm. absorbing that much yes. information. Where I'm like, what's the right thing here? Like, this is the information, but where's my heart supposed to be? Yeah, because so, maybe God's speaking to you in the morning and totally. you're quiet and you're coming to rest and you're mm. feeling joy, and then all of a sudden you're like, <gasps> you right. know, your mm. limbic system is just like wigging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, for the weekly, or I'm sorry, for the daily practices, number seven is limit screen time and escapist behaviors, such mm. as, you know, just stuff like social media, alcohol, sugar, fat, you know, just stuff like the stuff that we go to mm-hmm. to just get like a quick emotional hit mm-hmm. to like assuage the chaos in yeah. our soul, mm-hmm. but that then often becomes a compulsion and then often becomes an addiction. Yeah. And just That's to right. set a limit. And it's not like don't watch you know, Netflix or mm-hmm. don't have a glass of wine or don't have quesadillas. Mm-hmm. It's just like <laughs> no, limit. No, you're definitely not yeah. saying that. Yeah, <laughs> that is not of the spirit of Jesus. <laughs> no way. It's just limit it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think it's important in this one to acknowledge that like what you're just saying, that these escapist behaviors aren't automatically bad. The things that we're doing in these spaces aren't bad. Yes. It's why we're doing them. Those are some of the most dangerous ones. That's right. Are the ones that aren't like yeah. morally culpable. Yeah, mm. that's right. So we could talk about the fact, you know, Pornhub released stats that said pornography is through the roof now compared to before the, the pandemic. Um, yes, those things are included as well. But we're also talking about the things you take into your body and social media and, and be conscious of these things and start asking yourself, part of escapist behavior is asking yourself, why? Yeah. What am I escaping what from? What am I running away from? Which connects you to the buddy system, having somebody asking you those questions. Hey, yes. tell me about that. And, and we're, not say, we're saying don't, um, don't judge yourself, non-obju- non-judgmental observation, uh, but then figure out why and, and figure out what, what else, what, what could you do instead mm-hmm. and have somebody walk you in that area. Gosh, so good. Mm-hmm. Bethany, why don't you take us through the last three? Yeah, so we recommend three weekly practices or rhythms. Um, and the first is a fa- uh, prayer and fasting on Tuesdays. We do that. We've been doing mm-hmm. that as a church. Mm-hmm. And um, After we watch heavyweights and <laughs> yeah. escape into quesadillas, then we fast and pray. We think about the Hershey syrup <laughs> uh-huh. that is all over. Anyway. Um, yeah, and it's been so good. But in this space, we're just really trying to lean in. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. this goes back to even some of that, like what we're limiting, mm-hmm. limiting for the purpose of actually... 
um, experiencing in full yes. what we can. And I think that's the hope. The posture isn't we're just going to do this because this is some religious thing we want to throw out there as Bridgetown. Mm. We're doing it because we want to move against the tide that says just consume and medicate and get through. Mm. Instead, and instead, yes. show up Partner to this with moment, God. Yes, right. and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and see what's possible mm-hmm. by being present. And I think um, it's it's been a prophetic, beautiful space for myself personally, but I think also for our church mm-hmm. family. So, mm-hmm. one of the things I love about fasting too that makes it so hard for Westerners is it's embodied practice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do it with your mind; you do it with your body. It's a way of praying mm-hmm. with your body, which yes. is so weird for the post-Descartian kind of world, Cartesian mm-hmm. world that we live in. But it's so healthy and good just to get me more in touch with my body's yeah. desire for God yes. and a desire for him to move. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's been unbelievably helpful for me in this space, even if not feeling like I always have words to know how to pray. Mm. It's almost yeah. that spirit groaning space oh, where I'm able to put yeah. my body in that, that yes. posture on Tuesdays and say, like, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. And, but and here's my just, body. Here's, here's my, my body. Desire. Here's my time here's my presence here's my spirit showing up to this moment Mm -hmm. do your best you know so tuesdays have been that for us i think well said and um yeah so we've we i think there's wisdom in doing that and leaning into practice maybe we don't practices we don't normally get to access in other seasons i think this is one of those just been phenomenal so good um next we'd say we'd say show up to your community during the week and we think that's just wise that's part of this also it goes back to the relational touch points looking people even if it's over zoom I say yeah. show up means virtually right and, now. Uh, yeah show up virtually <laughs> yeah, don't Please break don't the rules we're all on them, we're law-abiding on them. Uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah show up virtually to your community whatever that looks like and be committed to that and i was just talking to a community mm. leader today where she was like, I mean, I'm just so afraid they're all going to kind of flake out. And yeah. I just said, well, then say that. Yeah. <laughs> Speak out the fear of what you're, mm. you know, of, of the fear of what could happen if, yes. if, it does, if there's no connection. And mm. then lean in even further and harder and be more committed. Yeah, because mm. it's weird. It's it's less fun right now. We're not sitting around Absolutely. a table eating right. a meal. Yeah. And who brought the wine tonight? It's mm-hmm. like Zoom after mm-hmm. all day of Zoom right. and glitchy internet, mm-hmm. or, you know. And like saltine crackers. But, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but we need it more than ever. Yeah, yes. that's right. You know? We need community, and that's the problem with that's the problem with people that don't want to commit to community. I don't mean that; that sounds negative, but I think you know we don't want to commit to community. But then the reality is, then when we hit a crisis, that's when we mm. need community the most. Yeah. That's right. And so often there are months or even years where you're just kind of sewing mm-hmm. into these relationships, and it's non glamorous, and it's not a high, and you don't feel all of the spiritual formation. You just feel like, all right, Tuesday mm-hmm. night. Yep. But actually, when you hit the crisis, that's when, like, mm. oh, man, like, it's mandatory, and the mm-hmm. rubber meets the road, and all of this good stuff comes out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been the highlight of my week, even yeah. when I don't anticipate that it will be really? since pandemic. Yeah, it's just been so life-giving, I think, for our community, Gavin, are in the yeah. same community. It's just been a new, sweet season of depth and intimacy for us that wow. was certainly unexpected. That Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because we normally eat a meal together for the first hour and then talk for the second half, you know, do something intentional time. And last night we we were two full hours and we could have kept going if we wanted to. Really? Like, it yeah. was like intentional. We'd split out guys and girls via the breakout option on Zoom. Yeah. It was just like, it was really neat. It's really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then finally, uh, we would say practice Sabbath. And yeah. Come show on. up virtually 
to um, whatever your kind of worship gathering or worship space looks like on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And those things are just... I, you mean go to my living room and, <laughs> yeah, with your and log I on mean, to on a different pair of sweatpants. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is a weird experience to watch yourself preach in your own bathrobe. Oh, oh man. It's no. just... It's, Absolutely. That that's, just... that's not something I will miss when yeah, all this is that. over. <laughs> I don't want that. Well, we're enjoying it in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the Sabbath practice, for me, it was essential yeah. this mm. week. It was actually the first Sabbath I took and mm. man the work that I needed to do yeah. just in slowing down was profound I just mm. I over I underestimated what this crisis how it was impacting me and when I got to Sabbath it was like wow yeah um so I couldn't that's something there yeah and I just uh, just to throw a little advocacy in I think there's never been a better time for digital Sabbath again these are not yeah. rules these are not commands yeah. of the New Testament I just think it's wisdom and there's lots of secular neuroscience people that you know, my actually my wife's doctor, my wife has chronic health issues, said you need at least a 24-hour break from all devices for your brain and your wow. nervous system. So there's scientific reasons for it. Mm-hmm. There's spiritual reasons for it. I think it's just good wisdom to mm-hmm. take a, a day off every week if you can from your device. Or in some ways, like I know you FaceTime family, you know, when you're actually Not so much during pandemic. <laughs> Not so much during pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally was like, I can't look at a screen. Uh-huh. I have so much totally. fatigue that now yeah. I'm like, I'll do it during the week, but on Sabbath, it is It's off. not. And that's yeah. it too, is even what we were talking about earlier of like this blend of our, when we're working and when we're not working during the day, it's so difficult right now with screens that, yeah. yeah that sabbath is like a perfect well i do know when work ends and it's going to be this time yep. to this time on yes. a, one day every single week and you can look this forward is to some that. order so a number of people in our churches do you know this that have like bought like old school landlines because apparently it's like no. 20 bucks no, a month or something just because for the people that like i can't be out of touch for oh, a whole day what them. if something happens with my mom or yeah and so um they just have gotten like landlines hmm. and so and nobody really calls them yeah <laughs> you sure, know of course. but it's like in in case of an emergency huh, like yeah. i know i could get a hold of Matt and Anna on oh, Saturday. That. That's you great. Know? That's a great idea. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good idea. But the mm-hmm. point is just to have that order in the sea of chaos. And Sabbath, mm-hmm. actually, in the Genesis narrative, is all about taking chaos and making mm-hmm. order. That's right. And Sabbath is the crown of that. Mm-hmm. So this was just a little kind of in-depth exploration of our recommended rule of life. Everything's available at Bridgetown.Church. And uh, it's all there for you. If you're listening from another church, take anything you want. Uh, bless you. Love you. But Bridgetown, we're just so grateful that you're up for serious, intentional apprenticeship to Jesus in a very crazy time. And this too will pass, mm-hmm. but we want to journey through this and come out the other side, not the same, and definitely not having moved back, but having moved forward mm-hmm. in our spiritual formation. And just yeah. to end, I would remind you that, you know, a rule of life, you have to say this a thousand times, so this is one time. <laughs> so repeat this. It is a means to an end. Yeah. It's not an end. People get into legalism when they get that out of order, and they get into liberalism when they throw out the baby with the bathwater. And the point is not, are you living by our recommended rule of life? Mm. Who cares? The point is, are you living in the presence, and as a result, becoming a person of love and joy and peace? Mm. And a great means to do that is a rule of life. Mm -hmm. And as we already say, you already have a rule of life. Yeah. You might not call That's it right. that. It might be intentional. It might be unintentional. It might be conscious. It might be subconscious. It might be chosen by you. It might be dictated by Silicon Valley. But you already have one. Mm. And so to follow Jesus is just to reorient your rule of life and all of your life around him and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And every day, every day, no matter what is going on in our body with sickness and around our world, is just an invitation from Jesus to move deeper mm. into the kingdom. So yeah. that's all this is, just a vehicle to go. 
Love to all of you. Thanks for listening. And can't wait until we're all back together again in the yeah. same mm-hmm. room. Thank you.